Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show. Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From pieces of Eden, solar flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby. You probably also know me as She Cup. And before we get into our episode today, let's hear it from my co-host. Yeah, so I am Austin or Teacup, and I am excited to be here. Yeah, so today is an interesting topic, I think, because it's one I've literally never heard of. And like when we first started the show, sure, I'd never heard of anything. Um, But now I've played like well over half the games. So the fact that I've never heard of this still is a little bit surprising to me. Um, So Austin, why don't you go right ahead and tell us what all we're talking about today? So I will say that before I did research for this podcast, I did not know about this event either. Um, This is called the Ascendance event. Um, And it is this very strange, very like different piece of like the modern day story of Assassin's Creed. So we've been talking a lot about like history and other historical conflicts. We are jumping ahead to the year of 2016, which was eight years ago. That's just disrespectful, frankly. <laughs> like, there was no reason for that. Yes. Uh, which makes me feel old. I am closing in. I graduated college in 2016. So. Well, don't tell everybody how old you are. I'm 32 this year. <laughs> okay. Don't tell everybody how old you are. Proceeds to tell everyone exactly how old you are. Why don't you just go ahead and give them your social security number too? All right. It's five, seven, six, oh my nine, God. three. Stop. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's just jump right into this. Just know that this is a little strange. This comes from the last Descendants comic series. And so we'll talk about that. Um, but you'll see some familiar names that pop up. So in the later half of 2016, the assassins discover a secret operation run by a rogue Abstergo employee, Sebastian Monroe, who had recruited a group of teenagers he believed might help him discover more about the sub-DNA hidden away in the human genome. So that's a sentence that has a lot of information. And if you are like me and read that, you go what the hell did I just read? None of like, I know those words. I know what those words mean. I have no idea what these words mean altogether. Mm -hmm. Like who is Sebastian Monroe? What do you mean by sub DNA? Like, are you referring to the triple helix or is this something else that we have to, to catch up on? Like anyway, so many things. Go ahead. The answer is yes. It is related to the triple helix, but it is also something different. 
but we'll get there. But who is Sebastian Monroe? That's a good point. We haven't heard him. You know, we've heard, you know, Olivier from Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Otto Berg, all the Vidic, Warren Vidic. Like, these are the names we know of the Templars in the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This so is not one of them. Is, <laughs> yeah. Who the hell is Sebastian Monroe? Well, he's a former high-level researcher for Abstergo Industries and a member of the Templar Order before he left for mysterious reasons. Uh, he stole a bunch of technology in the process, including an animus. So basically he's Layla, but the Templar version. Yeah, sort of. But he like is not an assassin. He is right. just a rogue Templar. So... The assassin, the American assassin, Griffin, was tasked with looking for, into their activities, killed a Templar agent who approached Owen My- a teenager Owen Myers in the street. Now, again, you might be wondering, who the heck is Griffin? Again, these names that we don't know who are just named. Yes. Why does Griffin not have a last name? We've got Sebastian Monroe, we've got Owen Myers, and just Griffin. Yes. Uh Griffin is American is a member of the American <laughs> Brotherhood in 2016 and that's all we know. Okay. Okay. So after the Templar strike team um captures these teenagers that they're after for this reason of sub DNA um which we'll talk about really in the later half of the episode. Griffin rescues the only two escapees, which is Owen Myers and Javier Mondragon, um, who is just, they're the only escapees, and he persuades them to work with him. Because what is not a good assassin, but kidnapping minors and indoctrinating them to your cause? So via a phone call, here's a name you're going to know, Gavin Banks. (laughs) Yeah, that is Uh, a person. Yes. Uh, inform the teenagers that the artifact that they are looking for that Griffin wants them to help find um, in their animus sessions, also with Sebastian Monroe, their animus sessions that they would do was a prong of the Trident of Eden, which we have talked about before that the Trident of Eden was broken into three prongs and it's a big ordeal and there's just all kinds of stuff going on that if you want more information, go listen to our Trident Dagger of Eden episode. So, and remember that Ga- at this point, Gavin Banks is mentor of the Assassin's Brotherhood because William Miles is MIA because he is grieving for his son. Yes. Based on what they discovered in their previous animus ses- sessions, the teenagers left with Griffin to recover a prog, a prong, one of the pieces of the trident hidden beneath Ulysses S. Grant's house, but the Templars beat them to it and recovered it. So, yes, if you remember, again, I'm going to make you go back in your memory, for those of you who have been listening to our Daggers of Eden, one of the Daggers of Eden played a big role in the Civil War. I've forgotten all of this information. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's okay. So, while this is all happening, because what what is just a good time to have? When you're running for your life, chasing historical artifacts through history, through an through gene memory, then learning to be a murderer. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Griffin, no name, trained these teenagers as assassins. 
He does. He trains these teenagers as assassins. Which, you know, I know we're giving a lot of crap, but like Ezio was a teenager when he becomes an assassin. Connor was a teenager when he becomes an assassin. Arno was a teenager when he becomes an assassin. Look, if you're listening to this and you're a teenager, maybe do something different. Uh, Probably not the best choice unless you want to die. Just saying. Haytham, Haytham was like 12 when he became a Templar. Okay, here's another question. Other than Edward, do we have an assassin in the games, like a protagonist, who becomes a, an assassin as an adult? Adewale. Okay. Edward. Avor. Well, not really Avor. Avor doesn't but, become uh, an assassin. Uh, Bayek. I just don't, I don't feel like he can be on the list. He created the damn uh-huh. thing. Basim is an adult. Really? I thought he became, I thought his story in Mirage starts as a kid. I, it uh, It's not the same. Like he, he can't be that much older than Ezio when Ezio starts out. Okay. So then Basim is also a teenager. Okay. But I think he is older than Ezio. Okay. Um, and then, um, I mean, Jacob and Evie are literal children. So yeah. Well, so is um, so is Aveline. So is Connor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do we know so, yeah. Altair? Do we know how old he is when he becomes one? No, but he was he was born an assassin. So okay. I think that so he's born he gets yeah. Okay, so no, um, not very many are are most most of them become assassins by teenage adolescents. Desmond Miles, Sean Hastings, both become yeah. assassins as adults. Well, no, not really. Desmond ran uh, away from the life. So did didn't true. they all three like or not all three of them no. run away, but like weren't they all three part of the farm? No. Sean and Rebecca were not part of the farm. Okay. I don't know why I had that in my head. Anyway, we're way off topic. So let's go back to Ascendance really quickly. Okay. So Griffin trains Owen and Javier as assassins. Uh, They fled to another assassin location because, like, you're running from Abstergo. Of course they're going to find you. So they go to a safe house where none other than here's another name you're going to recognize. Rebecca Crane reveals that Owen, uh, Owen Myers has an ancestor in China named Shang Ji, uh, who might lead them to the second prong. So the, if you remember from our Trident of Eden episode, the Trident was broken into three places and it was scattered across the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how it's broken, we'll kind of talk about. So they take this time to research these memories uh, as the memories kind of reach a dead end that they can't really find it because no one really knows. Um, Not only are the daggers like scattered, but they're really hard to track because their powers are so passive. Like it, they are like one of them is the dagger of like fear and it just makes people fearful around them. It's not like you're brandishing an apple of Eden as you're controlling people. It's more like, Oh yeah. You know, this Chinese emperor was super scary. Maybe he had a dagger of Eden. Maybe he didn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot Mm -hmm. harder to track than like a sword of Eden or an apple of Eden or even a staff of Eden. So Griffin says, okay, I'll go get more teenagers. And goes to an Abstergo uh, 
facility named the Airy, which is like a facility, but it's also like a prison for these teenagers that Abstergo's kidnapping. So they rescue Natalia Aleve and David Collins, um, though this one, Owen, does have to get left behind with Sebastian Monroe. So he gains two teenagers, but loses one teenager. Not a great track record there, Griff. Thoughts before I move on. I just feel like there are a lot of bad decisions being made here. Um, which I know is a theme. But I'm also like wondering where the name Ascendance comes from. Is that the name of the comic that this is based? Like, I, I'm curious. Talk, we okay. will talk about that. We'll get there. Um, Stay tuned. Yes. I. If you have been listening to this episode and be like, this episode is called Ascendance and you haven't mentioned it once. Um, it's coming. This is just the story of the event that happens. So good old Griff. Has no name Griff. Um, persuaded Natalia to dive into the Animus because nothing like let's train you as an assassin, but let's plug you into this memory machine that causes you to have panic attacks and go crazy. Where are these kids' parents? Where are right. their parents? To find information about the second prong, uh, this leads them to China where they meet with the Chinese Brotherhood uh, while en route to the tomb of Monke Khan another name that you should know because we've talked about him a lot uh to recover the prong the templar shot the assassins playing down though they all magically survived everyone survived the plane crash convenient uh upon arriving at their destination natalia had to be convinced to lead them to the tune because you know she had spent all of her time with abstergo so she was distrustful of assassins hmm. it, you know griff um might have been something to try to anticipate here. Also, I've decided his name is Griff now. I just wanted everyone to know. Okay. Griff, no name. Uh, What's his middle name going to be? Uh, Griff Javier, no name. That's what we're going to go with. I think it should be empty. Okay. Griff, <laughs> empty, no name. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway. uh, as they arrived, Natalia steals some uh, sleep darts from Javier and incapacitates all the group. I don't know why I'm even surprised at this point. Like, of course, of course. Why would you not like, why are you giving the teenagers weapons? Like they're not, I work with teenagers for my job. And so the decisions that they make, I'm like, of course these things happened because you left teenagers unsupervised <laughs> right so eventually the group is joined by owen and monroe sebastian monroe who escaped the templars uh and excavated the entrance of the tomb before they could enter isaiah who is the head of the prison research facility that's all we know about him uh and a wrote another rogue templar appeared and recovered the artifact instead okay like templars like why this is why Berg becomes the Black Cross. Like this like story. Like there's so much Rogue Templar here. Berg probably is looking at all this and like, what the hell is going on? 
Yeah, I feel like they need to have, and maybe they don't because, like, we are fans of the Assassins on the Templars, but, like, I feel like the Templars, there's so many rogue Templars, so many dissatisfied Templars. They need to have, like, an annual exam to make sure they're not, like, like an annual background check to make sure they're not talking shit on the internet about the Templars. Like, they need to have an annual psychiatric exam to make sure they're still down for the cause. You know, like, there are way too many of them for these to be one-off coincidences yes um which it's not as we know it's not one-off coincidences because most of these rogue templars are actually instruments of the first will well yes but still yes uh so after isaiah announced his defection from the templars and left the new group of teenagers and kind of rogue templars it's a weird mixed match group um makes it way to an obs- a now abandoned camp of Abstergo, where that is housed by none other than Dr. Victoria Bibo, which you should recognize this name too if you have played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because this is Victoria who is accompanying Layla through her memories of Cassandra. So she's a Templar psychiatrist working on, at the Airy and is a former Assassin sympathizer. Uh, it revealed that Isaiah had taken the first prong. Owen suggested a ceasefire between the Templars to combat this other rogue Templar to which Griff and Victoria agreed to. And that's really where this kind of story ends for now. So I think now would be a good time for our mid break. And then we can come in and just have some thoughts. Okay, well, let's get into the mid break. Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! You weak fool! Get a job! Christina! Who's there? Me! Oh, it's you! I should have known! May I come in? Fine, but only for a minute. A minute is all I need. Indeed. Well, wait, uh, that came out wrong. Thank you uh, so much for listening to the podcast so far. This is the middle of the show where we talk about all the things that have to do with the podcast and not the lore. Um, First and foremost, this is our first recorded episode of 2024. And so Austin and I just really wanted to say thank you to every one of our listeners. Anybody who's listened to us throughout 2023, this was a huge year for the podcast. I know that we started Assassin's Creed Lorecast in 2022, like January. And so um, 2023 was our second second year. Um, and it did, honestly, the, the podcast did amazing growth this year. Like we're now bigger in Assassin's Creed numbers than we are for Dragon Age, which is our first podcast. So it's really amazing how many of you there are out there. And we just wanted to say thank you because we did almost a hundred thousand downloads on the show last year. And that's huge. Um, I, I didn't really think we'd ever get there and in our first couple years, much less ever. I don't know. Um, So we just wanted to say thank you so much to anybody who's listened or shared or liked or reviewed or become a patron or done anything to support us. We want to say thank you. Um, We love being part of this fandom and doing the podcast and and we just truly couldn't do it. Um, If you didn't listen, we, you know, we wouldn't have any listeners, so there wouldn't be any point. So thank you so much uh, for all you do to make the, the podcast 
happen. I just wanted to say thank you to all you who listen and making this fandom great. Uh, Thank you for all of you who are in the Discord. Just thank you for listening and allowing me to talk about Assassin's Creed, which is one of my favorite video game franchises, despite what I said in the Discord earlier that it was trash. Why did you say it was trash? Um, I was uh, being a jerk. I was being contrary. Oh, okay. So like every other day. Um, yes. Anyway, so let's get back to the mid-break. So since this is the first uh, episode we're recording in 2024, I know we have one come out uh, like January 3rd, but this is the first one we've actually recorded this year. Um, we kind of thought it would be a good time to go over our Patreon and what all we offer um, when you become a patron. So the first tier is a $5 tier and you become part of the brotherhood as an initiate. And so basically what you get here is ad free and early access to episodes. And you also get to vote on patron chat topics. You get your name read out on the show when you join and you get access to special channels in our discord server. So you get a lot of value for your dollar. Um, our second tier is the $10 tier where you become an assassin. You ever want to make that dream happen? Join the Patreon where you get all of the above plus two merch, two merch stickers, which we'll send out twice this year. Our next tier is the $20 tier where you become a master assassin. And here you get all of the above, all the merch, all the ad-free episodes, all the stuff. Plus, you get to come on the show once a month for our patron chats. Our $50 tier is the mentor assassin tier where you get, again, all of the above. Plus, your name gets read out on the show every single episode And you have the opportunity to submit monthly side character or topic suggestions for us to cover on the podcast. And then if you're feeling just really generous, like you're the biggest fan of this podcast ever and you want everybody to know it, you can join the $100 Isu Demigod tier, which again, you get all of the above. Plus, you get to come on the show for a topic of your choosing and you get a shout out at the end of every single episode episode and so that means you get your name read out on the show twice every single episode so if you're like a millionaire or a billionaire out there and you just got free extra money laying around and you love this podcast this is the tier for you we'd love it if you could support us in that way um but we do know that that times are difficult right now times are always difficult it seems um and not everybody can financially support us and so the next best way the next best thing you can do to help us is to leave us a review or rating or a comment on spotify and so i have one to read today we're almost caught up with our backlog by the way um but this one comes from jordan who commented on the favorite modes of assassination patron chat and jordan said i love this podcast it has reopened my eyes to the ac world thank you guys so much 100 out of 10. thank you so much jordan for that awesome review Um, And then next to last thing we have to talk about, join the Discord. We're still talking about Mirage occasionally. Um, If you're also playing 
Baldur's Gate or Dragon Age or Mass Effect or any other game that came out this year because there were a ton, you should come join our Discord because I guarantee you there's a person there who's also enjoying and playing that game. It's a great place to hang out. Um, and then last but not least is we are introducing merch stickers for this year. It's an added benefit to the Patreon. Like we said a minute ago, they'll be going out twice this year and they're both Assassin's Creed themed. We're working on them right Right now, we've received proofs from our artists that we commissioned. And let me just tell you, these stickers are going to be so cool and we can't wait to send them out. Um, so come join the Patreon if you want to get merch. And I think that's all we've got for the mid-break, Austin. Thank you, Shelby. Malaka! Malaka! Unless the legend is a lie, you are the man I long to meet, renowned master and mentor. It's your auditory, the la la la. Prego. Uh, forgive me. I have a hard time remembering that Italian gibberish. I'll see you all at the selection ceremony, ladies. I especially hope you show up. Let me guess. He's rich. Okay, the time is here. It is now time to talk about it. I named the episode Ascendance. And so we're going to talk about Ascendance. Basically, Ascendance is an event that happens where descendants of a particular bloodline, mainly Isu bloodlines, converge around a piece of Eden. This event is normally conducted through an animus and allows individuals to combine their experiences to protect themselves from the effects of the Peace of Eden and potentially destroy them. The first time the Trident is destroyed is through an Ascendance event that is orchestrated by Minerva. But it didn't destroy it all the way, so the descendants of these people are the ones who need to come together. And Minerva is orchestrating all of this. She is the one guiding them. That's why the comics is called The Last Descendants. Uh, so when they raid the Eri in this story, an Ascendant event happens and it protects them from the daggers of the prongs of Eden. And But they're not able to destroy it either. Um, the Templars end up taking them. And so you might be asking, that's kind of where it ends in this like cliffhanger and we don't really ever get any kind of follow-up to it. Um, as far as we know, these prongs are in Obsterko's hands. But we know that Minerva is doing this through a piece of eating called the Eye, which we see in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, which this allows her to see the various calculations of time and influence them. This is how Minerva speaks to Ezio and through Ezio to Desmond. She can basically see the possible futures, these calculations, and then influence them. So she basically influences these events to bring all these individuals together in hope that this would destroy the Trident of Eden. I'm sure you have lots of thoughts and you have lots of questions, but I want to I come over this like one point 
And then I want, then we can talk about it. So I think this particular story raises a point that we have talked about a little bit, but not a lot on the podcast. And that is this rift that exists between the Isu. Like we talk about the rift and the conflict between assassins and Templars, but there is an even bigger one that divides between the Isu that really affects the world and what we're living in. And like the human Isu war is what is a precursor to the Assassin Templar War. So there we have really that exists two factions that exist post Great Catastrophe because we know there's a handful of Isu that survived the Great Catastrophe. All of the Norse Isu survive the Great Catastrophe. Um, Juno survives the Great Catastrophe. Aida survives the Great Catastrophe. Minerva, Jupiter. Consus, Aletheia, these are the people who survived the great catastrophe that we know about. And so the first one are these people who seem adamant about destroying the pieces of Eden. This seems to be like a very conscious goal. Both Aletheia and Minerva create plans to destroy the current pieces of Eden in the world. At the end of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, in the like crossover story, sorry, spoiler, um, Aletheia tasks Cassandra with going around the world and finding these pieces of Eden and destroying them. And we find evidence that she's doing that up until she gives the staff to Layla. And she didn't even complete it. So we know that there's a bunch because Cassandra says to Layla in the end of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, she says, when you're done, destroy it, destroy them all. And then we have a Minerva with these, there's more than one Ascendance event but this one is like the last ascendant event. However, it doesn't seem that this faction is unified because Aletheia in her voiceovers in Assassin's Creed Odyssey is not pro-Isu, is very anti-Isu. And she seems to be acting alone, even though we know that she's not acting alone. Also, Basm, Loki, who is in partnership with Aletheia, does not seem to be concerned with destroying the pieces of Eden. So it's unclear if this is like a defined faction or group who's setting out to do this, or if it's just individual Isu acting in their own interests. Uh, Consus also seems to be pushing for the destructions of the pieces of Eden as well. Particularly all of them, Minerva and Consus particularly, are focused on halting Juno's takeover of the world. And then the other faction that just wants to control and rule humanity that's what they want. And that's Juno Aida. And I said probably Odin because that's the vibe I get. I agree with you on Odin. Um, I hate him. I can't stand him in Valhalla. I guess my big question that I have, though, is, I don't know, It this makes so much sense to me um, because it very much like paints this picture of like the Isu created humanity, humanity humanity's original sin was to rebel against their destiny and break away from the isu and every other conflict that humanity has for the rest of their lives for the rest of our existence as a species is a result of that original conflict and that original sin and so to me this fully illustrates that point and is like yeah yeah that's correct and like it just is interesting to me that the different factions of like, because like, I wouldn't call any of the Isu good. I, I I don't think that would be a right qualifier for any of them. No. I mean, Consus kinda, but not really. 
And but their their motivations are so sporadic. It's hard to see them as like unified, but they seem to be like they do seem to fall into these two sides of those who want to destroy the pieces of Eden and those who want to continue to use them to rule humanity. I was going to say the reason I lumped Odin in there with him because his whole thing is about let's avoid this great catastrophe so I can keep, you know, doing what I want, fighting who I want, sleeping with who I want. Yeah, I guess my big thing is like Minerva seems to be the driving factor behind the like pro-human anti-piece of Eden camp. And I just like don't know why like she's it's not like she cares for humanity right like it's not like she is this like oh i just love humans like i want you to to like be your own thing like i'm an abolitionist like i'm anti-slave like it's not like that's her motivations her motivations are selfish as are all of the isu so i guess i'm just like why does she continually come back and want to help humanity Unless she's just trying to, like, cover her ass and, like, make sure that nobody finds out, oh, the humans have a piece of Eden that I created or I let them have a piece. You know what I mean? I think that it comes from a point of, I think for both Minerva and Alethea, it's less about uplifting humanity and more about punishing the Isu. Yeah. Like they they feel like the Isu's legacy should be erased and humanity should be able to flourish because the Isu were so unworthy of leadership that they're they should be the ones who are erased from the world. But like that includes them. Yeah. It's very confusing. I think that one thing that I really do like about the Isu as an introduction is they are this like aloof and ethereal and hard to grasp around concept. So it's very easy to see how humanity would attach godhood to these beings. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the thoughts I have for this episode. Okay, well, this was really interesting. Thank you for doing the research. The more I learn about Assassin's Creed lore, the more confused I am about Isu. And I think that that's, that's how they want it. So I'm just going to leave it at that. A fair point. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up unless you have anything else to, to talk about. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We'll see you next time. listening to the assassin's creed lorecast you can find us on twitter at ac lorecast if you have any lore questions or topics to unpack join our cups podcasting and more discord server it's the best place on the internet you can also support us financially through our patreon find us on patreon.com assassin's creed lorecast the assassin's creed lorecast is part of the robots radio network for more information about the robots radio network join the discord server via the link in our episode's description if you enjoyed the show or learned something new today please subscribe leave us a review and join the patreon and if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light.
Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.